Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Living in Hope, and I'm your host, Cassie Merritt. Oh, today feels like Monday, so I'm recording this actually on a Tuesday. <laughs> what day of the week is it again? I actually walked in here today and um, into the church, and I ran into one of my friends, and I'm like, oh, if it's definitely a Monday, and he's like, well it's Tuesday. So you must be having a bad day. But uh, I don't know what it is about Mondays. What is it about Mondays that we don't like? Uh, I actually really do enjoy Mondays, though. I do. Because I, it's kind of like the start over date for me. It's like, okay, today, I am going to start working out and I'm going to do it the rest of the week. I failed last week. But starting today, I'm going to do better. So it's normally like, I don't know, Thursdays, Wednesdays or Thursdays that I hate because that's what I'm like, oh, I totally did not work out this week like I said I would, but you know, I'm going to try again on Monday, right? <laughs> so that's why I like Mondays. But today I woke up and I'm just like, you know how sometimes you just wake up in that mood right off the bat. I'm just like, okay, today I don't want to get out of bed. I just don't want to do anything. And then I roll over to grab my phone and my phone is dead. Yes. I don't know. What is it about our generation? I know, but you know, I needed my phone in that moment to go scroll on Facebook, you know, <laughs> hopefully find some inspiration. But uh, yeah, it was dead. So I just plugged it in. I forgot to charge it. So I just plugged it in and I walked down the stairs and got myself a cup of coffee. And then I opened up my Bible and I began reading and then I read another chapter and then I did some um, journaling. I was like, you know what? I'm feeling I got my inspiration from reading the Bible and I would love to write. So I decided to take some time and write. And then I this is the crazy part. Well, I spent some time in prayer, but the crazy part is I went upstairs, got in my workout clothes and then I began working out and then I took a shower and then I came downstairs again and I realized, hey, I still have time. I still have time to do things. <laughs> My kids aren't getting up yet. It's still early. What is this foreign time? I've never had this before. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I looked at what was different about my morning and you know what was different? I didn't grab my phone first thing in the morning and scroll through Facebook, which then led me to Instagram, which then led me to, you know, TikTok. I need to see what funny people are on there today and what dances they're doing now. And <laughs> and then that leads to emails and then messaging. And then it's like, okay, okay, I better get to my Bible. I need to read, you know. So you know what? This this inspired me. This inspired me to at least I want to start. Isn't it sad that, you know, phones are just such a big part of our lives? I mean, for me, and I really don't, I hate admitting that I do, but I do so much on my phone. So it's kind of sad to have to say, I'm going to challenge myself to be on my phone less. So what I'm going to do, and I would love it for you guys to take this challenge with me too, is leave your phone next to your bedstand first thing in the morning and go and do other things first. Instead of starting out your day with Facebook and Instagram and emails and make the biggest priority in your morning to spend time with God. 
Because I tell you, even though I'm still kind of like having a Monday morning on a Tuesday, (laughs) it was so awesome to just have that time to spend with God. And just, I felt so much better after that. And I'm just kind of inspired me to take this challenge. So I want you guys to do this challenge with me. Anyways, I could talk forever. I do this. I I'm starting to do this anyway. I think I'm getting more comfortable with the mic in front of my face. So I start talking more and more. (laughs) Okay, so enough about me. (laughs) But let's go ahead and get into our interview here. You know, I loved sitting down with Judy. Uh, Even after I hit stop on the record, ended the recording, her and I just kept chatting and I was like, man, I wish I still had the microphone on. So I might have to have her come back for a part two because she has because she has so much great inspiration, uh, inspirational stories and just so much wisdom to share. And you guys, can you hear that? This is this that there's somebody switching out doorknobs <laughs> on our church doors handles right now. So I'm sorry. I was going to wait till he's done. But you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna work with it. So we're just working with it here. But anyways, I you guys are gonna love this podcast. You are. Let's go ahead and just get into it. I'm excited for you to hear it. So let's dive in. Well, thank you so much for joining me here, Judy. I have been excited to sit down and chat more about you and your story. Um, I would love it if you would introduce yourself. Could you introduce who you are to all of us? Oh, I'd love to. I am Judy Siegert, and um, uh, my husband and I moved here uh, to Camino Island in 1968. We raised our children here, and our grandchildren um, uh, went to school here. We have been active at Camino Chapel since our daughter was two, wow. and she <laughs> she's now 48. So oh, it's man. been a, a long history. Yes. Um, we love living here. We love Camino Chapel, and we find our home as not only a place, but it's where our heart is. Mm. And our heart is here. Well, I know a little bit about your story. You shared a little bit with me, but um, I'm really excited for our listeners to hear your story. So I'll let you go ahead and start getting into that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to 1992. Okay. At that particular time, I thought my life was near perfect. Uh, Our kids uh, had left home. Our daughter was in the Army and very content with what she was doing. Our son had moved into his own place. He was part of our business, so he was around a lot and able to help his dad. And so... That was wonderful. I had retired from the school district where I had worked and volunteered from the moment my kids entered kindergarten. Mm. I was part of the school district. But I retired because uh, my husband needed me more in the business, and I was the director of women's ministries here at the chapel. And we had so many women's programs going, and I felt like I was... Uh, tossing lots of balls in the air and struggling to keep them all up while I was working. So I decided to quit and 
And it also gave me more opportunities to speak at women's retreats and conferences and um, luncheons and that sort of thing. When I was working, it was hard to fit that in. So I had quit work. And then our daughter announced that she had fallen in love. Mm. And so we were beginning to look at planning a wedding. So in April, she came home for Easter and we shopped for her wedding dress and we were planning this summer wedding and everything was great. I was had been asked to speak at a women's luncheon, a Mother's Day luncheon. So I had planned ahead because of all the things that were going on. I planned ahead and had written my talk, which was on change. And I had experienced a lot of change in just those, just in the last two years, a lot of change. But the cool thing was God never changes. And that Mm -hmm. was the premise of my talk. Yes. I had written it and I had set it aside. One day... About a week and a half before I was to speak, I got a letter in the mail, and it was from Blue Cross, uh, my COBRA plan. From leaving the school, I had applied to extend my health coverage. And because we hadn't heard back from them, the school district and I thought that the plan was continued. But all of a sudden, I get this letter telling me it had been canceled, and not just canceled that day, but over a month ago, it was canceled. And it was the first time in my life I had been without health insurance. I'd had it my entire life. Mm. And so I was fearful. Mm. I was fearful. Also at that same time, uh, and you're too young to remember this, (laughs) but the spotted owl was in the news all the time. Uh, the environmentalists were saying the spotted owl could not exist unless it was in old, old growth timber. Oh, we no. were crushing rock in for the Forest oh. Service, for uh, logging companies, uh, for uh, their roads to go mm. up and to do this logging. And all of a sudden, that business, that part of our business stopped. So, okay, now I don't have, (laughs) I don't have health insurance. Income has taken a huge hit. We have a wedding coming and I am getting a little bit frazzled. Yeah, I would think so. (laughs) (laughs) And the the neat thing was uh, I was looking forward to that coming weekend going to Oregon with some of the girls here from church. We were going down for a women's conference. And on the way back, you know, you're, you're talking and you're sharing your heart and, you know, just, I just felt so good. It's, it's all going to be okay. And as I'm in the car and reaching my hand around to talk to the girls behind me, I noticed something funny under my arm, but you know, you're busy talking, you don't think anything about it. And, um, mm. so I, I just forgot about it, came home, uh, Nick and I recapped the weekend, went to bed, got up the next morning, got him off to work, and I was sitting, having a cup of coffee when a friend called, and she and I are chatting on the phone, and as we're talking, this sensation I was feeling under my arm was getting stronger, and and more. there was more mass or something under my arm. I, so I made an excuse, and I hung up. Mm-hmm. And I went up to my bathroom, and I took off my robe and my nightgown and looked in the mirror. 
And from my collarbone down all the way down and under my arm was so swollen that my eyes just, I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Mm. And the thing that startled me so was it was as hard as this countertop right Mm. here. Oh, wow. So I began to look at that breast and go, I have cancer again. Because in 1976, I had been diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer. It was in my left breast. But because of family history and because of the type of mass it was, I was encouraged to have double mastectomies, but keep the skin Mm -hmm. and then when I could afford it, I could mm-hmm. have implants put okay. in. Because in those days, mm-hmm. implants were not covered by insurance. So okay. you, we, Nick and I had to wait, uh, first of all, for me to heal. And then secondly of all, till we could you know, save enough money mm-hmm. to have the surgery done. Right. So as oh, I am looking <sighs> in that glass, I'm remembering the panicked feeling, the scariness of that cancer I had uh, 16 years before. And I remembered praying and saying to God, please, and I'm pleading with him, just let me live long enough to raise my kids. And here I had, I had done that. God spared my life so I could raise my kids. Now what? Here I am standing uh, in front of this mirror, looking at this, thinking, what is happening to me? That same time, uh, these implants were made of silicone, and there was a big scare, also in the news, every day. Yes. Um, Silicone leaks out and gets into other parts of your body and can get into your bloodstream. So that flashed into my mind. Well, needless to say, Nick and I made our first trip to the doctor, thinking we would get some answers. But no. Uh, They were puzzled. This is interesting, was the word they, this doctor kept using. Well, that's not helpful. And I thought, no, it wasn't helpful. Oh my gosh. It wasn't calming. Yeah. I was frazzled. A couple of trips to the doctor later, I was coming home, and I burst into tears, just sobbing and crying and pleading with God, help me, give me something, help me. I am, I don't know what to do. And in that car alone, I heard these two words as clear and and aloud as us talking here. Mm. And the two words that were spoken to me were, trust me. And with that, I knew who was saying it. I knew God was telling me to trust him. But I was so angry that this was happening to my near-perfect life. Right. I was upset. I began to blame him and cry out to mm-hmm. him in that car all the way back to Stanwood. Mm. When I got home, I calmed down and then went back to the trusting the insurance, trusting Mm. doctors, what they say, you know, trusting myself, trusting a business, trusting all these things that were Mm. not trustworthy. The next day I was headed for a consult with a surgeon. I pulled out of our driveway. And again, in the quietness of the car, I heard those words again, trust me. Mm. This time, I didn't go crazy. I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I didn't cry. I pulled over. 
And I listened for the first time, really listened. And God brought to my mind a very familiar portion of scripture we all know so well, and it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Mm. And he said to me, trust me with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, Judy. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I, I will work this out. I will make the path straight. In that moment, I knew he hadn't given up on me. Hmm. Even though I had blamed him and cried out to him in anger, he still loved me. But then I realized something else in that moment. He was asking me to do something. And when I realized what it was, I was shocked. He wanted me to speak to those ladies the following Saturday, which was only a couple days away, on trust. I said, but God, I have my talk all done. And I, how can you trust me mm-hmm. to give this talk on trust when right now my trust is not very strong? But I learned a long time ago that when God calls you to something, you better do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is so true. Isn't it true? Yes. And so after I came back from seeing the surgeon, I got out my Bible and my notepad and I began to write. And God was so faithful. And mm-hmm. in those precious hours in May of 1992, while studying and writing about trust, that trust that I had lost was found. And God offered me forgiveness for my lack of trust. And he gave me direction, and he confirmed that he had a plan. And in that, he restored my hope. Mm. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly mm-hmm. to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Mm. I spoke on trust that day yeah. to those women Still not knowing the rest of the story. The rest of the story was not important that day. It was that I was trusting even though I couldn't see Mm -hmm. what was coming. But I was so excited. A few years later, I was able to go back to those ladies and tell them the rest of the story. And tell them, yes, my implants had leaked. But God, in his graciousness kept that silicone with capsulated that was able to be all removed. It did not leak out into other parts of my body. It did not leak out into the bloodstream. And I had no cancer. Hmm. I praise him yet today for that. Absolutely. God stirred the heart of a Blue Cross underwriter who felt so sorry for me. She backed up our coverage all the way back. Uh, to the where it had been stopped and forward until I could get a uh, private plan in place. Wow. My surgery and all of those doctor's visits only costed Nick and I $120. Oh my goodness. God's inspired Nick to begin to look at other options for our business. The spotted owl had closed a door and yet God opened a huge window for us Mm -hmm. in the recycling business, using our crushing equipment to recycle asphalt and concrete and other products. So that business turned out to be much more successful than just the rock crushing. Mm -hmm. And that business we were able to hand over to our son, and he still runs it to this day. 
And then Gina's wedding. Mm. The kids um, were so kind to postpone till I could heal and we could kind of get our feet on the ground. And it gave us an opportunity to meet her new uh, her Beyonce. her new love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he came for a visit in August, and mm. we got some. T- a chance to get to know him and spend time with him. And they had a wonderful, beautiful wedding here at the chapel Mm. in December. I look back on all this and I think to myself um, where I lost my hope. Mm. And I lost it because I lost trust. And so when you ask the question, what does trust mean to me? Because you ask that what hope means every yeah. time you do these mm-hmm. uh, interviews yes i love the question <laughs> i do too i do too yeah no matter what situation issue mm-hmm. event trial mm-hmm. or even loss god has to be part of it mm-hmm. in order for there to be any kind of hope mm-hmm. trust and hope to me go hand in hand yes i love that yeah Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, your story when you were talking about when you were in the car and you were full of anger, you were frustrated. Um, And I know there's so many people who are listening to that. I know I get in those situations where it's like, but but wait, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like, where are you? You know, we ask those questions. Where are you, God? And so I want to ask you. What would you tell somebody who's in a spot right now where they're feeling angry and just completely defeated? What would you share with them? You know, I think the root of that when we get mad and angry at God is true that we have lost our trust in him. Mm -hmm. When we get so angry that this is happening to us, the why me's come when we should be asking, why not me? Who am I to think Mm. that nothing bad should ever happen. happen to me. But the cool thing about God is he understands. He created us. He knows how we're how we're made. Right. He knows there are going to be those moments when we doubt and there's going to be those moments where we get angry and we're going to blame. But he's big enough to take it. Mm-hmm. And he'll take our anger and he'll take our blame. And I don't want to speak for him, but I think <laughs> he would rather have us yell at him in anger and blame him for things than not cry out to him at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's something that um, I've learned pretty quickly (laughs) is that it's almost better to get those out those emotions because he knows it already. He He knows what you're thinking. He (laughs) what's going on in your mind. It's kind of like a friend like when you're upset with a friend. And you're just like, I'm just not going to talk about this with them. I'm not going to open up. And it's kind of like you just need to open up about that pain you have with them. There's so much healing there that can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if there isn't communication, there's not going to be restoration. Yeah, you aren't going to have it. I have a question for you because 
when I heard about you through a friend, um, she was talking to me a little bit about the words, but God, and she heard it from you. And so I hear so often, Judy is the but God (laughs) woman. (laughs) I would love to hear, could you share with us about those two words, but God, and why they're so powerful and meaningful to you? You know, I think they've been such a big part of uh, my walk with God for so long, but I I don't think I'd ever really wrote it mm. down or even considered it much until about, oh, maybe 10, 8, 9, 10 years ago. And then the first time I really wrote it out was in an email. Um, my dear friend, Tammy Griggs, had been diagnosed with cancer, and she was in a quandary of what avenue to take for treatment. Mm. And a lot of people were giving her different suggestions. She went right. to different doctors. She went. Uh, she didn't want to um, disappoint anybody, but she she had a, a, a path that she wanted to follow. Right. And she sent me a long email one day, and my heart just broke for her. And I just want to read a little portion of what I emailed back okay. to her. Yeah. I said, "No one can make this decision for you." And yes, it is frightening, but God, but God has a plan and his plan for you cannot be thwarted no matter your choice. Mm -hmm. Don't you just love that about God? And don't you love those two words, but God? Mm -hmm. Notice sometimes how often those two words appear in scripture. And today I want to add, isn't it amazing how many times we say it? Those of us who believe and have followed Christ, well, you know, when you think about it for a minute, the word but is a conjunction. So you have one statement and you have another statement and you connect the two. Pastor Steve, about two years ago, did a sermon and his sermon was the buts of the Bible. And I'll never forget <laughs> it. I, it was a great sermon. Oh. And what he did is he went back through scripture and looked at all of those but gods. Mm, that right. were, you know, several of those that were in scripture. And mm. after he preached, I Googled but God and it appears hundreds of times in different forms in scripture. And I found a quote from uh, James Montgomery Boyce, a great theologian. And this is what he says about, but God. Okay. To understand these two words as they are used in scripture is to understand the gospel. If you understand those two words, but God, they will save your soul. If you recall them daily, and live by them, they will transform your life completely. Mm. So if we connect everything we think, we do, we Mm -hmm. say, we experience, and how we pray, if we connect all of that with the promises of God, we will be transformed. Ephesians 2, uh, 1 and 2, 4 and 5 says, As for you... You were dead in your transgressions and sins. And I'm just going to get right down to the but God. But God, (laughs) who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Romans 8, 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit of God, but God intercedes for us. Mm. 
In Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Hmm. We can handle anything that comes our way, anything, as long as we connect it with the promises of God. Hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, you know what? I'm looking at my clock over here and I see we're running out of time here and it makes me so mad. <laughs> I just want to keep talking. But I just want to thank you so much. I, I've learned so much from just sitting here with you and so inspirational. Thank and I know you. our listeners are going to love this conversation. I want to just close with one little yeah, thing. please do. There's a song my friend Joni sings, and I mm. think it's a Babby Mason song. Okay. And it's Trust His Heart. Mm. And so to sum up everything, I'd like to just yeah, please. say the verse, the, the chorus. Okay. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand When you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. Do you have a story that you feel like God has asked you to share? Or are you inspired by these stories that you have heard to share your own? I would love to hear it. If you haven't figured it out yet, I love to hear stories. So if you're interested in doing something like this, and maybe getting in front of a microphone isn't something that you're comfortable with, and that's okay, or even a over-the-computer interview, um, there are other options. We have other options for people to share their stories, to get it out there. We have a blog on our website called Stories of Hope, and you can find this page by visiting kamenochapel.org and going to the Ministry tab and find the stories of hope there. Um, I will also link that here in the description so you guys can easily get to that. But if you want to share your story, whether it's with a blog or maybe even possibly getting an interview with me, you will see a share your story button on the Stories of Hope page. Click that and that will help guide you on how to begin the process of sharing your story. Thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. And I look so forward to next week for another great story. Have a great rest of your week.